Welcome to Mad Lit Musings, a podcast with Jamie Jill Wright, where we go deeper and ask the tough and dangerous questions. Today's episode is sponsored by Ravel and Bethany House Publishers, which are divisions of Baker Publishing Group. Find out more at bakerpublishinggroup.com. Hi, everyone. It is Jamie Joe Wright here at Mad Lit Musings, and I'm excited today because this is going to be a very fun conversation because I have with me the author, Jen Toronto. Hi, Jen. Hey, Jamie. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm excited to have you on the podcast because we haven't we haven't had a chance to sit down and chat before. We have not chatted before on a yeah. podcast. No. Ever. So this I don't is think, a first. I'm not sure we've chatted in person. Have we? You know, I was thinking about that. I don't I don't think we have. No. Unless I think we, we like run, run across each other maybe at like a conference and said hi, but right. we never sat down and had a conversation. No, it's been more like a passing, if anything. Yes. So okay. Yes. All right. That's I thought that, but then I was like, great, I'm gonna ask that and then I'm gonna find out we've had some really deep conversations that just You know, we actually yes, we sat down and we talked world issues like about three <laughs> years ago. I can't I can't believe you don't remember that. Just a second. Let me go get my morning medication for Alzheimer's. <laughs> exactly. I can crack up. I can crack jokes about Alzheimer's because my dad has um, early Alzheimer's. And what's terrible is every time I call him, I'm the one that keeps forgetting things. And so he started cracking jokes about me coming over in the morning to take my medications from his closet because oh he's like, my. you're the one that needs them. That is cute. That is it is. Cute. It's really fun. So sometimes you got to joke about the the heavier things in life. You do absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. But you have a new book coming out to spark a match, which I do. Sounds like a flaming good story. Look at that. It is, it's very sparky. <laughs> I did not come up with the title. You didn't. A little bit, you know what? Rachel Benz came up with this one, I believe. Um, oh, she's good at that. Yeah, and um, be, but what people don't know is I rarely come up with my titles. Wait, okay. you know this is like, I'm not going to be able to see, but that glare is driving me crazy. Um, I I've only come up with two titles ever this whole entire time I've been out, like for twenty something books. I came up with the title for my very first release which was a novella that okay. i wrote after my first series it was called um gentleman of her dreams it was kind of an experiment that was when you first saw people offering like free books and everything on online right, right? yep so i was had a schedule and rayla um Mm-hmm. Shane Hare was my she was my editor for 20 bucks right. um she said hey what do you think because you're so ahead of a schedule about doing a novella and we'll re- release it for free and then that way because I do have a weird writing style I readily admit that you're either going to love me or you're not and I have letters <laughs> to prove that <laughs> um, so I chose that with Gentlemen of Our Dreams I told and then I Actually, this is the other one I titled. This is the first book in the Matchmaker series. Yes. A Match in the Making. That's that, a good title. You know, right? I yeah. surprised myself. Haven't come up with another one since. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> hey. Yeah, so 
this is a book that's coming out to spark a match. To spark I a have match. I my glasses back on because you were like really bl blurry. Okay. I'll oh, that's okay. It might be it might be a better picture if you have your glasses off and I'm blurry. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> so to spark a match, this is the second book in the Matchmaker yes. series, correct? Okay. And there's going to be three total. Am I right? That's correct. And the third one, um, I just did the cover reveal on that. If you look at my social media, super adorable cover. It is. It's one of my favorites. It's called Meeting Her Match. I didn't come up with the title for that one either. But um, nor did I have much to do with, um, a, a lot of people ask us if yeah. we have a lot to do with the covers. And look, so for this one, I mean, really all I did and what I always do, I'm trying to get this in the thing. I just did um, a scene and character description. And so in the background, you can't see it here, but mm -hmm. this is actually Delmonico's and it plays a key role in this particular oh. thing. And then she, uh, Miss Adelaide Devine, normally because she's unmarried, she would be wearing pastels, but there's a reason why she's wearing the jewel tones, but you have to read the book to find out. Okay. Now that just sparked my interest because I know nothing about color as far as stresses and marital status. So do tell, what's that about? Oh, yeah. So, well, especially within the New York 400, there okay. were a lot of rules. A okay. lot in the New York 400, what that is. So I write during the Gilded Age, mm -hmm. which was um, began right a, a little bit after the Civil War. And there's some debate about when it ended. Okay. People say the turn of the century. I actually think it ended more like directly before World War One, and right when they started imposing income tax on mm -hmm. people because they, you know, all of these, by this time we're talking second, third generation of wealth and they're starting to, they're not making new wealth, you know, right. they're starting to lose it. So then all of a sudden right. they have to pay income tax. So they lost all of these big mansions. So, but the dress code was pretty much um, when you made your debut, young ladies made their debuts like between 17, sometimes 18 years old. Mm -hmm. um, and they were expected to wear the white and the creams, um, okay. the ivories. You did not see, um, you know, an 18 year old running around in scarlet. Like that would be scandalous. Scandalous. Okay. Scandalous. Or like a royal blue. You might be able to get away with like a pale, pale blue. Maybe maybe in Newport for the summer, but you had to be very, but not at a ball. No way. So, um, yes. Yeah. So, and then this one, I think this one takes place. I'm going to have to look. It's like toward the 1889, maybe 1888, 1888. There you go. Um, so what was happening during this time as well is that like in 1885 bustles just exploded. I mean, right. it really looked like women, were wearing barrels on their behinds and they were mm -hmm. very comfortable, but they started to gradually decrease in size. And so by 1888, it really like, you can tell here, cause I, I did put in the setting thing. I'm like, don't put a big bustle on her. Yeah. So it's just a draping effect. Yep. But um, yes, you had to be careful. You could not wear those jewel tone colors, but Adelaide is wearing them. She and is. why is that okay? Well, you have to read the book. You have to read the book. Oh, now I'm really interested in that. I wonder if she's posing as a married woman. I don't know. I haven't read the book, so I'm not doing any spoilers or secrets. I'm just guessing. I'm I just going to tell you no, she's not. Okay. I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> You're like, don't mislead my readers. No, she's not posing as a married woman. Okay. All right. Well, I love the emerald green and I would have been scandalous because I would have worn red. So that's yes. just where I would have, I would have been the scandal of the town back in the day. Yes, it was especially with the red. Yes. I would have worn like a deep purple. 
that's deep purple. Well, purple. you and I entering a Gilded Age ball would have been the shock of the evening and the gossip yes. of the town. <laughs> we would have been the what they called them. They called them the ondits. We would have been the ondits of the of the upper press. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of like that. Uh, this is good. I like where this is going. I'm sensing a new book collaboration. <laughs> And and I'll I'll come in in my sweeping red gown and everybody will think I'm alive, but I'm really the ghost that's accompanying you. And that'll be my oh. my that'll be my twist on the book. How about that? <laughs> well, okay. I mean, speaking, it was funny. I was thinking about you the other day because Uh-oh. I'm writing a new series, and it's the Meriwether Academy for Young Ladies. It's Ooh. not a typical academy. It's um for I just her name finally just stuck. I've been through about twenty names for this heroine. It's I don't know about you, but start a new series is yeah. always it's always so difficult for me. And no one has cooperated. Not one single character. So it's gonna be Annalise and Rennick are the two, the heroine Ooh. and the hero. And so she has to go. She's gonna her fortune has been lost. It's her father died and his okay. business partner stole everything. Mm-hmm. So so she goes, her aunt Adelaide has is um hasn't been around for a while, but um, Annalise is going to inherit um, her estate once she passes away. Okay. But she, but that's the only place they have to go. She has to take her mother and her sister there. Okay. Well, they get there and it, it looks like it's like a castle and it looks like something out of a gothic novel Ooh. thinking about you and could it possibly be haunted because Ooh. there are all these, all these noises <gasps> in the night, which is scaring away the young ladies who have come to attend the academy. I love it already. There you go. Sign me up. I might have to, I might have to, we might have to call conference at some point about ghosts. And, yes, and things absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Ghosts are so much fun to write, especially the friendly ones and the mischievous ones. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> awesome. I've not written a ghost story before, so we'll see how this goes. I think it's fun. And I think you'll have a fun twist on it too, because unlike me who wants to keep everything dark and dreary, There'll probably be a hefty sense of humor with your ghosts, I would only imagine. Well, it would be like, yes, Lucille Ball-esque. There you go. Oh, perfect. That's, <laughs> that's a great way to describe it. Lucille Ball-esque. I like that. Yes. That's, that's how I describe my writing. Because everyone's like, what do you write? And it's like, well, it's historical romantic comedy, but it's definitely out there. Y- yeah. You know, it's, it's, a yeah. Little, it's a little quirky. A little it weird. is. It is, but that's what makes it different too, because it's not just the standard historical romance, which nothing is wrong with that, by the way. I read that all the time. But when yeah, you're so really I- wanting something with a little bit of flair or quirk or different humor, yeah. it's fun. Okay, so back to Spark a Match. You had me at the line where a rather dismal prospect, but one that will allow her to concentrate on her darling cats. Yes. I am such a cat lady. Well, and you know, I have never, I normally always have animals in my books. Okay. Um, uh, from the very, from the very beginning. Well, I'm not, actually, I'm not quite sure about that. I don't really remember a change of fortune, but okay. I am definitely an animal person, but I normally concentrate on, I've had a lot of dogs. Like I've had Winston. He was the pirate dog. He had one eye and a patch and he loved it when people spoke pirate talk to him. Um, <laughs> I've had like, you know, like miniature ponies and regular ponies and surly horses and, mm-hmm. and um, let's see what else I've had raccoons. And so, but I've never really had cats. So when I started this series, I wanted, you always have to figure out those, what is your character's quirk? 
you know, right. what's going to, what, you know, what, and you can expand on that and, mm-hmm. and build on it. So that would like Adelaide is going to be the, the character of mine who is going to surround herself with cats. Mm-hmm. And um, so I don't know that much about cats, Jamie. I've never had a cat before. What? No, I've never, my brother had an adorable cat. Its name was Doodles. And I was actually thinking about um, taking, like he was, he asked me because he knew I loved it if I wanted this cat. But I was like, you know what I mean? I was just out of college, just traveling around yeah. a lot. And I'm like, oh, and probably not, you know, so I didn't take Doodles. And, mm. um, and then I just turned, yeah, I am definitely a dog person. So okay. I've had all, like a ton of readers just send me stuff about their cats. And she doesn't have like one cat. No. She goes and she rescues cats so Mm -hmm. and they seem to find her Mm -hmm. and so she has this whole collection of cats so one of the things that you will enjoy about the book is that she decides that cats need to become fashionable because they (laughs) within within the new york 400 cats should become fashionable so she um she goes to extreme measures to convince miss camilla pierpont who she is the heroine of the third book but she is a matchmaker and she is one of the leaders of society so adelaide keeps badgering her that because she knows if people would see camilla pierpont having a cat draped over her arm or carrying it in a purse or whatever everyone would be clamoring to have cats and then she could because i mean she has cats everywhere she has them stashed in newport and she has them stashed in her house on the hudson and she has them stashed in fifth avenue i mean she has cats everywhere and so and she comes up she she finds another cat harvey i believe Mm -hmm. his name is he plays a part right at the beginning um with gideon and and so the big thing is Gideon and Camilla, well, Camilla is going to, she's going to try to take Adelaide in hand and okay. turn her fashionable. Okay. There's a reason for that. And, um, but she thinks it's a problem that Adelaide has all these cats because she's known as this crazy cat lady. So all of a sudden there's this kitten, Harvey, and, um, you know, Camilla's like, you, sh- you shouldn't keep them. Well, as soon as Camilla, as soon as Adelaide finds a cat, she immediately names it because oh, you can't course. get rid of a cat right. who already has a name. It's so the rule. And mm-hmm. it goes to the, her big thing is to try to convince Gideon that he is truly deep down a cat person. And he wants nothing more than to take on Harvey. Mm-hmm. Oh but, um, but so Gideon has a dog. Oh, Jamie, I, can't, I think his name's Mo, maybe. And he's a mutt and he's very scary. And Gideon is afraid that Mo would try to eat Harvey. And so do they meet? They mm-hmm. might. Does Harvey survive? Mm-hmm. That is the question. You know, you don't need any other plot for this book. Like, I mean, <laughs> nothing else needs to happen. It's the story yes. of Harvey and Mo and their owners. Yes. Right there. <laughs> and the cats. And yes. And, and, and does society actually go ahead and decide the cats are fashionable or not? I think they should. Or- I think they should. Well, you'll have again. You'll have to again. Read you book. have to read it, right? Yeah, right. You have to read it. <laughs> All these cliffhangers—they're killing me. They're just killing yes. me. Oh, but I relate to the whole cat thing finding you because I have told my husband many times. We live out in the country on an old country road, and people will legitimately find our driveway and dump kittens, which is awful. 
But I told my <gasps> husband, they have to do that because they know I will envelope them into my life and I will rehome them. I will find them places to go. I just, you know, that they need saving. And my husband's like, stop saving them. So people stop leaving them. And I'm like, no, I can't. We're still going to leave them. And I have to save them. Exactly. You can't leave exactly. these babies in the woods. Which isn't that, yeah, it's so yes. sad. It I is sad when, them. yes, it's sad when people do that with their cats though, or their puppies. It's just, I don't understand that. But I love that you have a heroine who's a cat lady. Yes. I finally have a cat lady. Yes, mm-hmm. And I'll awesome. probably bring cats back again because they were fun to write. And and readers just kept sending me all sorts of tidbits. And like, that's the best. Right. You know, when they send you, I mean, readers send me a lot of names. Um, I, because I just, I, they're from their, their family trees. And then they always give me details about that. So that's how I came up with the Annalise. I got that from Becky. And then Renick, I gotta go back and see who's, I actually found that when I was on an airplane, going back to a high school reunion just a month ago. Okay. And um, so I was trolling through, I didn't even take my laptop. I was like, I'm not going to work. Right. Wow. I'm going back to my hometown. Um, so I was trolling through there and I'm like, huh, Renick. So now I need to go back and find who left that comment so I can thank them because I think that definitely he's, he's okay. He's been in two chapters now and he hasn't bought. Okay. So I should, should be okay well, well that's see. good that's good that's a good name yes. that's a good name i like the name gideon too and he's an intelligent agent intelligence agent yes in this book is. so is there mm-hmm. a mystery in this novel as well there is okay um, yes you know um there like in the the first book in the series um match in the making there wasn't as much mystery as i normally put in like we were okay. just getting out of covid um and not about you but like covid that was, it was so difficult to write comedy during yes. COVID. And um, like, so sure. right now I'm in an office that's in my house. Mm-hmm. This is not where I normally write. We built a she shed for me in the backyard because I could not write with Al working from home in the house. It's sure. just, um, it was, well, you know what? It, I mean, it might've worked out, but I have all these little things that I do when I get stuck. Um, okay. I vacuum, I talk to myself. Or I'll put on headphones and I sing. Mm-hmm. And so I was really stuck. And he has all these conference calls. So oh. I, I tell him, I've, Al and I've been married forever. So, and people who know us are just like, they just think this is so typical us. So I literally tell him, Jamie, I'm like, I put on those over the ear headphones. Mm-hmm. I'm looking, I was looking just hot. And I said, I'm stuck. So I'm like, if you hear me singing, just ignore it. I'm like, I cannot get out of this chapter. I can't figure it out. And I, this is what I have to do. So I was listening to Madonna, vintage Madonna, borderline. (laughs) And I'm in this room right here and I'm kind of, you know, dancing around and I look up and he is standing. Oh, right over here is the door. And I was like, so I, you know, take off my, and I'm like, what part of ignore me are you not understanding? Because, well, that was just too adorable for words. I guess I said, well, I'll show you adorable. And then the next thing you know, we're like, we have to build a she shed. So we did. (laughs) So um, so when we finally got out of COVID, so a match in the making is really more just a typical historical romantic comedy. You know, there's not that much mystery because- the, the one I wrote, the Blinker Street Inquiry Agency is what I wrote during COVID. And that was all mystery because they were running an inquiry agency. Right. Um, and I just needed like 
Okay. We just, I, I thought like um, to disguise a heart, it was Eunice's story. And I had, it was such a complicated mystery. I mean, I had about seven storyboards going. And again, I'm down in the shed. I think there was a blizzard. <laughs> Gosh. <laughs> Shoveling my way down across the backyard, right? To get to work. Right. And, and I said, at that point, I said, I'm never writing another mystery again. This is just going to kill me. Um, but then that just seems to be my sweet spot. So yeah. I made a match in the making is more rom-com, but then to spark a match, I put a mystery in, and then there's another mystery in meeting her match as well. Okay. So. All right. Sounds like so much fun. Um, and readers can just thoroughly enjoy and get enveloped in the Gilded Age because your books are always so interesting with the, the historical tidbits that you throw in there too that we don't necessarily know because it's a it unique- is, you know, it- like, I don't know about you, but I didn't learn about the Gilded Age when I was going through school. I didn't I, either. You know, I mean, I, you know, there was mention of the Industrial Revolution. Right. There's nothing about this Gilded Age. And, mm-hmm. and when I actually started writing historicals, that's not what I started off writing when I first began writing. I'm okay. trying to write of different genres. Um, I wrote a Regency. Um, okay. And it was called oh, A Marriage of Inconvenience. But I had so many hits from agents that I realized that that historical romance was my sweet spot, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so, well, uh, that's the one that I signed with my first agent with. And then while she was shopping that around, um, I picked up a book about Consuela and Alva Vanderbilt. And I was fascinated. And yeah. I was like, I've never read this before. And um, so then when I my agent never sold that book and I was actually going to stop writing um, because I had a timeline for everything. I had a timeline for how long I was going to give it to try to break into the industry. I had a timeline um, for how long I would give an agent to sell my book. And um, so no, I was coming up on that timeline. She had not sold a marriage of inconvenience and she, she had had interest, but it was the, the one publishing house that wanted to buy it, wanted me to naughty it up. And mm. um, a lot. And I said, no, that, that's not my thing. It's it's definitely just a clean read, more mm-hmm. promise. I'm not gonna, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so then I'm like, that's it. I, so I majored in fashion. And um, I worked in the industry until I had my son. And then I was a stay-at-home mom. But my son was starting to get older by this point. Here I am, like, it took me five years and seven manuscripts to even get an agent, right? So mm-hmm. I, that's it. I'm going back to fashion. <laughs> and then... I was cleaning the bathtub and I was waiting for the scrubbing bubbles to work. Cause right. you know, we, we, I'm going to believe that advertised. They've never worked. So I'm just, they don't, there. but yes. And mm-hmm. I had, yeah. And I had this whole book just like, it was just in my head. Cause I had said like, that's it. I'm going back to fashion. And I told my agent that I said, I'm not, no, I'm obviously, I can't figure out how to break into this industry. And there's, there comes a time when you have to say, okay, yeah. you know, cause yeah, Dom's in middle school. I'm perfectly capable of going back and getting like, you know, a job. So right. Um, and so I'm like, huh, so what do I do? Right. And I'm really OCD about cleaning. So I can't stop cleaning, even though I have a book in my head. So I just made on post-it notes and I put all these, I just started writing all these notes and luckily I numbered them because they were all over the place when I was done. (laughs) And then I got, and when I was done cleaning, I gathered them up and I sat down and I started writing. My husband was like, I thought you said you were done. Like you, you weren't going to write anymore. I'm like, I just, I know these characters won't come out of my head. Like they'll, they'll right. be stuck. There. Like they'll just plague me. I just mm-hmm. have to write this book and then I'm done. And that was a change of fortune. And uh, my agent sold it like to Bethany house, like a month and a half later. So, yeah. yeah. but it was all, but I, because of that Consuela 
an Alva Vanderbilt book. That's why I said it in the Gilded Age. Gilded Age. And then it just, well, like how you write, you write spooky, you know, you're right. writing the, yeah. the, the creepy, the, the and you kind of do get branded and that's what is mm -hmm. expected mm -hmm. for you to write. So I'm expected to write Gilded Age. So right. I know more about the Gilded Age than I ever thought I would know. That's so fun though. And isn't it great when you can start focusing on an area of history though, that isn't known as well? Cause you're right. Like in school, I learned about the industrial age and all of that. But there was talk of Vanderbilt as it related to the industrial age and the wealth that yes. they amassed because of their business. But it wasn't until years later that I was introduced to this society. Yes. And, and I think it was crazy. Society. It was a culture. It was its yeah. own culture. Yeah. And it was um, and it was so elitist. And there, yep. was, there are so many scandals that I have enough fodder for stories for, you know, decades. Perfect. It's just, it's just amazing. It's crazy. That's good. Well, that means that we're going to have lots of more Jen Toronto books coming out for decades. Y'all heard it here. That's right, right here on well, Madlet Musings. <laughs> although I am old, I'm just going to put that out there. It doesn't matter. Decades. You just said decades. So yeah, I know I did, didn't I? I'm thinking, wait a minute. How old would I be then? Yeah. The next time you guys will see me, I'll be like with my walker here. Like, you know, <laughs> up. yeah. Don't worry. I'll make sure I visit you when you're in a home and we'll do a podcast and, and I'll be like, and my walker going, okay, Jen, tell me about the latest. Hey, hey, about now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, well, I can't remember the characters. But see, that's not going to be unusual because I never remember the characters. Like, the only reason I remembered it was Adelaide and Gideon was because you and I were talking about it right before I got on. And I've had a couple podcasts about this book because normally I'm like, and I remember she's Gwendolyn because somebody was asking me about her. Okay. What is his name? I just took off my glasses. So Walter. His Walter. Okay. Madeline and Walter, but yeah, I don't like people ask me that all the time. They'll be like, "What was that book you wrote?" And it mm -hmm. had, you know, um, I I do remember Lucetta Plum. She was in playing the part, and the only reason I remember her is because one of my writer friends ruined a name for me. Um, and I don't know if you're this sensitive about names. I am incredibly sensitive. Oh with yeah, names. and. I was writing this book and it wasn't playing the part. It was the one before that. No idea which one that would have been. But um, so I was writing that book. And so I was talking to this writer friend of mine and I said, oh, you know, this hero Isaac has given me such a hard time. You know, and he goes, that's my friend, Rick. Mm -hmm. If you're watching this, Rick, I'm still mad. Um, he goes, you know, Jen, every time I hear the name Isaac, I immediately think of the bartender from the love boat. Oh, no. So from that point forward, that's all I could see was that character in the theme song from the love, the love boat. boat. Through my mind. So you remember that? I don't want to get that. I don't want to get that song stuck in everybody else's yeah, mind, but it's already in so, mind now. Thanks. No, I'm so sorry about that. So <laughs> I tried to like write through it and I just couldn't. So I called Rick back and I said, listen, you just totally ruined Isaac for me forever. I'm never going to be able to use that. I'm like halfway done with this book and I needed, I'm, so he, I knew he was checking out his ancestry and he has like old Boston society. Oh, okay. So, like, yep. who knows out? so he gave me Everett and then I'm like, okay. well, because 
of the problems that you have caused me, you now need to find me a heroine named too. So he came up with Lucetta Plumge, who was like this big society lady, one of his ancestors. So I do remember her just because that was hilarious because I was I was shaking him down for names. So that like, is awesome. But you're so right. Knows. What? You're so right though about names and the yeah. associations. There and was one book so I went I to pick. I pick I went to pick up and read because I was so excited to read it and I saw the name of the hero and it associated with a boy when I was little who would never leave me alone and he always had a nose that needed cleaning and oh. I, could, I I had to put the book away I'm like I'm sorry it's probably a great book but I cannot get past this name yeah it, it's yeah it, it is like that and so I and I have to use like old-fashioned names and one of my favorite names is temperance flower doom and um, I got so many letters with that name. Like that was a ridiculous name to, to make up. And I'm like, I didn't actually make that up. My girlfriend from high school, Sonia West, she was looking into her ancestors. And so she sent me this thing and she's like, Jeff, I just found temperance flower dew in my family tree. And she also had mercy minor. So oh I my said, goodness. Well, may I have those? And she said, well, of course, go ahead and use them. And so, um, Oh gosh, caught by is it caught by surprise? I think it's Temperance story. But everyone was like, I can't believe you made up that name. And I'm like, I didn't. Like they are authentic and they are authentic to the time. But I like unusual names. So yeah. I was recently gonna use Zelma. Oh, um, I like that. Well, okay. And then somebody tells me, like, I should never put out like what I'm actually thinking before I actually have it like set in stone. So first, somebody says, that sounds like a name that should be in Harry Potter. Oh. So then I'm like, oh, so then I'm seeing scenes from Harry Potter. And then somebody goes, you know, that's really close to Velma from Scooby-Doo. Oh, no. So now I can't use Zelma because I'm thinking of Velma, Velma. Scooby-Doo. Right? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Well, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had it to is. do, and I don't know if you've done this either, but I've had, I had to have, I shouldn't say had to, but a reader offered to go through all my books and literally log all the names that I've used of even sub characters. Cause I'm far enough now into writing books. Like I'm on my 13th and I'm like, have I ever used this name? Yeah. Like, and I keep you finding know, myself going back to names I'm comfortable with. Yes. And I, you know, you can actually, Bethany House actually, I believe, has a list of all the of your characters. They oh. they will have, they will have amassed that, and I haven't asked for that for a few years. But um, I did like back probably yeah when I was like about book ten or so uh -huh. um, because I can't re like the like the sub characters. Well, that doesn't really unless it's like a really cool sub character that everybody loves, and then all right. of a sudden you're using it again, right? Right. But, Make a note to ask them that if they still do that, because they might have a complete list of all of your characters. I'll have to check on that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The best name that I used that I pulled out with a story is, I think it's pronounced Perliette, but I took it off of a gravestone, a local gravestone. Oh. And I've gotten more emails asking, is it pronounced Perliette or Perliette or how's it pronounced? I'm like, I don't know. I couldn't ask her. She was dead. Yeah. So you not entirely sure. <laughs> yeah. I have... um. Pramilia gave me some trouble and then I found someone who had an ancestor and they told me how to pronounce. Aha. Uh -huh. And you know, and I always have trouble with Penelope. Oh, Penelope used to kill me in my youth. Because I never I like, you know, I'm from a small town in Ohio. Yeah. We did not have any Penelopes running around. And um I am really bad with phonetics. Okay. I've always been this way. I blame my fourth grade teacher. <laughs> but um 
So I used to think it was Penelope. Like the longest. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> able to read a book with that name in it again. It's going to be Penelope. It's Penelope. It's Penelope. And um, and then I think I actually met someone. And when I was like, I was a store manager of an department store, and I'm reading this this young woman's application, and I'm like, so Penelope. <laughs> <laughs> You know, what was your last job like or something? She's like, it's Penelope. And I just started crying. And I'm like, she's never going to want to work for me because clearly I'm just an idiot. You know, <laughs> and, um, and I had never seen it like in print. So that's awesome. Oh, my gosh. Well, I love that. So on that note, Jen, everybody needs to run out to get to spark a match. I think it's a great read. And you can get the first one, too, in the trilogy. And if people want to find out more about your books and where they can read the whole backlist, where do we go? Um, well, you can go to gentoronto.com. That has, um, that's just my website. Um, you can just, you know, um, you can find me on Facebook, Gentoronto Author, Instagram, Gentoronto Author. And that's about all I do. I'm not doing TikTok. Could you see me on TikTok? I could actually, but... <laughs> No, I'm not no. doing that. So well, you um, could you could have your husband film when you do your little dances with your over-the-ear headphones. I think those would be really popular. You know, so okay, so Al, <laughs> I'm just gonna say he is the worst at taking pictures or videoing or anything. He um we, we I had gone out with we had gone out with a couple last like two weekends ago, right? And um wanted a, so my girlfriend Rachel and I wanted a picture taken. Um, I actually dedicated this. This book is actually dedicated to my girlfriend Rachel. She's okay. like my. We see a lot of bands and stuff together. Mm-hmm. So Al just showed me the pictures that he actually took. You know, like candids. Mm-hmm. You know, like I mean, normally, like you know, when you're doing a selfie, you try to make sure you like. Oh yeah. Get up. You know mm-hmm. your face. Okay. I look like job of the hut. I mean, in like every <laughs> picture and Rachel, she is really in great shape. The angle he took has her arms looking like she's like works out at gold gym as a guy. Bill. Oh like, no. Also, I won't be posting those, but uh, uh, in videos, <laughs> videos. I tried to get him to take videos of me. And when we first opened up the she shed mm-hmm. and, and so walking around and you, and he cut my head off. Like all you see oh. is my body walking around, showing around. So no, he will not be taking any pictures of me for TikTok. Or he won't any be your new producer. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, fun. Well, Jen, this has been such a blast chatting and I'm sure we'll do it again in the future, but thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you for having me. It was fun. Thank you for listening to Madlit Musings. You can find out more information about Madlit and all that it has to offer at madlitmentoring.com. That's madlitmentoring.com. Or check out more about Jamie Jo Wright at jamiewrightbooks.com.